Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watch The Meg 2, The Stench. China's Got latest him. peace offering to us. Uh, this is a declaration of war on Hollywood, buddy. <laughs> if I were in the Film Actors Guild, I would be packing my fucking bags for Shanghai right now. They saw the whites of our eyes. <laughs> Boy, what a week. What a summer where almost every single blockbuster has disappointed horribly. And then this just comes out, and it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I feel so refreshed. Uh, honestly, doing this after doing Now You See Me, uh, you know, they're really kindred spirits. Because you watch this, and you, can, you can't help but think about movies like that, and Geostorm, and The Core, and yeah. just all the classics. Uh, it's... Those Are we just going to become a disaster movie show? Because we yes. should. I mean, we've done we that before. We, a we clean <laughs> slate this, this fall. <laughs> they haven't said magma in this movie, but, you know, they were pretty much close. <sighs> Can we just watch more Chinese movies? Yes. They've all got to be this good, right? We didn't do a Great Wall episode. Let's, let's go <laughs> oh, man. That is a movie that I do not remember watching. How could you? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm going to get to that three-hour about... one that Alex recommended. What, what was that one again? Oh, the dude, if, if, whenever you're ready to do the Battle of Lake Changjin and the Battle of Lake Changjin 2, I, I am here. I don't know if I have six hours in my schedule. But <laughs> <laughs> well, good, because six isn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, you think about how dog shit American movies have been this year. Like, I forgot I saw a tenth Fast and Furious movie, like, two months ago. <laughs> right. But this... Oh, this will uh, stay with me for this, this is, yeah, Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, uh, Parker, before we get into it, do we have any news? My good friend, load up the guns. We lost a real one. Uh, William Freakin, who we of course know for Sorcerer and The Exorcist, but most importantly, uh, the look on his face <laughs> when Only God Forgives was referred to as <laughs> a masterpiece by <laughs> Nicholas <Dude. Winding> <laughs> Alex, did you see that interview? <laughs> yes, I did. It's so fucking good. I had forgotten that he made a joke and then just did that stare into the camera. Like, is this guy fucking serious? He, I mean, the, the rejoinder, can we call an ambulance? We need an ambulance for this man. I forgot he just did a gym from the office while this dipshit blathering on about Citizen Kane. <laughs> Nicholas Winding Reverend. I think that's like one of my favorite things is every once in a while you act with someone who's just better at something else than you and uh, you don't know how to handle it so you're like oh I gotta go full confidence mode I gotta say only God forgives was a masterpiece <laughs> that movie sucks I take your word for it <laughs> yeah oh, it is 
so fucking bad, dude. Oh, that's right, you did assign that to him, and that almost started I a sure fight, did. Yeah. <laughs> After all the shit we paid each other for, <laughs> <laughs> struck a chord with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to a real one. Yeah. I'm just gonna let the shots. That's, I mean, it would, it would be disrespectful for us to not. Right, exactly. Can, can you imagine if he was here in the room with us? And. Oh, he made movies about that. Yeah, and he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> sure 2001! Now that was a classic! I, Chris, do you have this track set to just like play twenty one times and then end, or is it just it plays until you stop it? it plays, I mean, obviously that's true. It, it plays. But... It plays. Oh, sorry, what was that? Plays twenty one times. That is. It's good to know that I don't have to cow anymore. I'm sorry if you couldn't hear that. It plays And then it's look three of our listeners, <laughs> at least one of which is. If you want us to stop doing this, then simply stop dying. They cannot fumble in their pocket fast enough. <laughs> I'd like to shut up, <laughs> Roderick. You're looking away from your car. <laughs> it has to have been 21. No, no I think we're at like 18. Yeah. I'd like to shout out Lady Alex, who sometimes plays our podcast in her store in Baltimore. <laughs> Hell yes, dude. Why would you do that? <laughs> if someone, I think if someone dumb. else played it, not even me, I would fucking... <laughs> <laughs> if I walk into yet. a liquor store one day to pick up a six-pack, <laughs> I just hear myself calling somebody the king of the guitar now. Hey, I'm the king of what? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to go you have to go be a patron at her store in order to find out, buddy. <laughs> oh, I can't just grab a sixer, but he's got to that's talk the, about that. That's where the premium episode goes. <laughs> Baltimore has I got some yinglings, I got a recommendation. <laughs> Honey, have you heard of King of the Kickboxers? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's done now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't think it's done. It's still playing. No, no it's done. It's, uh, well, the, the booms are done. If, uh, if, if but, this were a video podcast, we could just have a little gif of Fat Bastard playing the, uh, yeah. playing the bagpipes yeah, just on the screen that. during that. But uh, Robbie Robertson died as well. So I think it's important that uh, no. we acknowledge this no. guy. <laughs> I, right. I refuse to acknowledge this guy I just heard of for the first time. No, we're not doing this. I have to admit, I think this is our first time that we actually let all 21 boobs play. I will not Since uh, Bob Saget died. shots for that lazy town-ass name. You can go fuck if yourself. You, uh, if, you, uh, if, if you go on the Real Deal No Sex Appeal subreddit, I'm sure somebody will have fact-checked at this point whether or not that's the first time that we've done it. Well, uh, I'm the editor, so I have a fair idea. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. I don't remember half of these fucking shows. That's a good Correct. point. Correct. Yeah, uh, so, Parker, any other news? Uh, no, everything's delayed. Not officially, but officially. Pretty sure. Yes. Please, God. Okay. <laughs>
We're about to enter that COVID era where every week it's like, I don't know, someone might be casting something that'll probably never oh, get Oh, wait, 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 I got one, I got one. Uh, so my elementary school music teacher died. Uh, Bill Harris, Jesus. one of the uh, most... Uh, see, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> you haven't heard of Robbie band. Robertson. But... <laughs> I haven't heard of the band. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, I guess we can get into our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. My trick of the week is myself. I had a really stressful week. I got like a million things going on, you know. Clients hurting, you know. Uh, co-workers bothering me. Family drama and stuff. But uh, luckily, I was saved by my hero of the week. My local gas station, 7-Eleven, now carries Voodoo Ranger. So, real degenerate hours over here. Oh, hell yeah. Play the bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to run that joke into the ground. So... Yeah. yeah, I'd hate to do that. Yeah, first time for everything. Right. Uh, well, my jerk of the week. Uh, I was in a room full of people, and we were rewatching uh, Mission Impossible Fallout because I got to vote. And uh, I asked if it'd be okay for uh, Ethan Hunt to do blackface to save the world. No one answered. <laughs> Not even like a yes or no. They just like laughed. Open question. Like, Can I? If I or tell you what, I will answer. It's you. yes. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, we've settled it. There we go. She's <laughs> everyone shuffling around nervously like, y'all have known me for like five years. How is this out of left field? I like the idea that the movie's like yes five seconds no. in. They haven't even said Tom Cruise's name in the opening credits. She's just saying that. <laughs> she was being Rames on screen. I just like lean forward like, so, proposition. <laughs> Pinky dresses up like Hear me out on this one. <laughs> the movie's like over two hours. There's some lulls. Some of them had never seen a Mission Impossible, so they weren't following. It was like, all right, let's get people back into the conversation. And then they just like <laughs> awkwardly like, it's like, bitch, I know that cup is empty. Quit pretending to drink it. Just it's a yes or no question. People these days just don't understand showmanship. It's probably because they haven't been able to watch a movie about magic since 2016. <laughs> Well, they just forgot about the man who invented showmanship, which is Al Jolson. (laughs) (laughs) Next week's episode. Original IMF agent, Al Jolson. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine being in that theater when he talked for the first time in like 1918 and like looking around for the magician to try to figure (laughs) out what the prestige of the trick is? (laughs) What? Who said that? <laughs> I've identified the pledge. <laughs> he wipes off the shoe polish. You're like, oh my god, like he had a twin the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been dropping blackface Al Jolson into a fucking tank where he drowns and making a new one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the blackface is what obscures it. it. It makes the water roll black so people can't see him just like climbing out. <laughs> <laughs> what? They don't know how to swim. <laughs> Leaving that. Also, while we were doing all that, I totally forgot my jerk of the week, so I guess it's me. Oh. Nice. Alright, uh, I guess we can get into what we watched, but before we get into what we watched, a little segment I'd like to add that is, uh, let's be honest, it's just for me, what I read this week. And uh, I don't have a jingle. Oh, brother. But- <laughs> Play the fucking bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, so you know how I always talk about uh, that documentary that I like so much I bought on Blu-ray called The Orange Years, a story of Nickelodeon's classic era. This is, uh, it's a good documentary. I like it. And I've rewatched it a couple times. But now I'm kind of wondering if I would like it again because I just got a book that 
is a bit of a companion to it called Slimed. And it's the oral history of uh, Nickelodeon. And no, Dan Schneider's not interviewed, so get that out of the way. John Crickfalusi, the inventor of Ren and Stimpy, is. So, oh. yeah. things are. Oh, that guy seems normal. Yeah. So, one of the criticisms of the Orange Years is that it's kind of sanitized. It's just saying, hey, Nickelodeon was really great, huh? And... Yeah, it kind of was. I The whole time I'm watching, I'm just like, this is a strong argument. I, I like what they were saying, and they, they had some minor criticisms, but for the most part, they're just saying, yeah, this is what Nickelodeon was like in its early years, and we really did care, we worked really hard to do these sorts of things. Now, upon reading the book, uh, The Oral History of Nickelodeon in the Early Days, it's basically confirmed. These people who were in charge of the network, they actually cared. They really gave a shit, and it's something that kind of reflects... Um, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, uh, the documentary about uh, Fred Rogers, or the How We Got to Sesame Street, so that people actually care about programming for kids. But they also said that Nickelodeon was not a perfect place. There was there were a lot of arguments there. There was a lot of fighting. People had to work really hard to get what they wanted on the air, and a lot of stuff went wrong. And uh, the actors were not paid very much. Not much has changed since then. And, uh, oh, yeah, they were cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there was a lot... You know what's weird is, like, uh, I've watched some old Nickelodeon stuff, and, like, I fairly remember, like, Rugrats is an example, which is weird, because I didn't really like Rugrats. I think it was, like, a, a rainy day show for me. It's just like, uh, might as well put this on. Can't play outside. Uh, but, like, there was a lot of, like, those live-action game shows, and I never liked those. I never I never really got into those. The only one I kind of liked was uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Even then, that kind of frustrated me, because I don't think the Jade Monkey is that hard to put together. Anyway. Uh, and the thing is, like, kids were complaining that they weren't getting paid a lot. You're nine years old. Fucking, you don't get a lot of money for... I just assume those kids paid place. to be on the show. That's oh, the thing, yeah. is, like, they probably would have paid to be on those shows. Yeah. Yeah. I just assumed, like, you, like, went to Universal Studios and, like, you got your parents to let you stand in line for six hours, and then they paid, like, a $200 bribe and you got to be on Figure It Out. Right, exactly. Or Nickelodeon Guts, whatever that was. Uh, I would not fare well on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I, I have to admit, I was thinking the whole time, I was like, oh, thank God I wasn't on that show. I would have been a fucking, I would have stole something. I really <laughs> liked that they uh, they had the little flags next to people's names on that, like it was the fucking Olympics. Right, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a good uh, You, one Polish person at Universal Studios, you want a job? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that's definitely praiseworthy. Uh, I didn't watch Clarissa Explains It All. I'm not Ishibu. But the people who worked on that show, they worked really hard to, like, make her, like, a real girl, not, like, uh, a stereotype or someone who's supposed to appeal to a certain subset of audiences. And I think that's on her. Now, about the criticisms here. Uh, a lot of the PAs on set didn't realize that they were working with young girls who were blossoming into adulthood. And uh, they, they were kind of manhandling some of the girls at some points, and... Uh, not like a bad one. Not like, again, this isn't Dan Schneider level yet, but they were just like, yeah, guys didn't realize I had hips at this point, so they had to sort of deal with that. Uh, one of my favorite criticisms is uh, the pilot of Rugrats, which, if you've seen, like, the opening, uh, you know, the one where there's, like, that, that robot cat or something walking around? I haven't seen that thing in a million years. Uh, but you remember how ugly it looks, right? And I kind of appreciate it because it looks like someone drew it. It isn't all just, like, you know, 
automated. Kind of like, you know, like Control Delete with like uh, web comics is just copied and pasted. This looks like someone actually drew every single frame where they want it to look specifically this way. They want it to look weird. They want it to look odd. That's attention getting. Well, the first episode looked like that. And uh, those two, uh, Park, you might know these names. I already forgot them. Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson, the uh, the two of the nine old men, the Disney animators, those guys who are like legends in the animation business. They went down to Nickelodeon Studios to see the, uh, the premiere of the uh, pilot for Nickelodeon. And they were silent the whole way. And after the show, everyone, all the Nickelodeon executives were like, oh yeah, this will be a big hit. And those two animators, these legends of the industry, they're completely silent. And uh, the people who worked there are like, what do you guys think? You guys are like heroes to us. And they're like trying to be nice. They're like, don't you think audiences will have trouble relating to characters who have no appeal? <laughs> and it's like one of the meanest things I've ever heard. Uh, no, actually. <laughs> uh, actually, I was a baby once and some days I still am. So checkmate. I, I have to admit, I, I <clears throat> my antipathy towards Rugrats is mostly because like I'm not a baby anymore. And I don't really... I, even when I was a kid, I didn't like it that much. I think I like the adults. I like Stu a lot. Uh, he seems like... And I, I guess I like Grandpa, too. Uh, Which one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, actually, that was uh, something I discovered in the book. Grandpa Boris, uh, he got a lot of pushback from the ADL because uh, they said that, oh, he's a caricature of the Jews that Hitler was talking about. And the guy... <laughs> I'm not kidding. They said that, not me. So, Holy dude, I'm not uh, <laughs> the guy who did Boris's voice is like that was all my idea. I based that on my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really stuck on the uh, like four year old Chris being like, I don't want to watch a show about babies. Your dad's like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put on the McLaughlin group. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't like that show either. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, one of the things is they go into a lot of detail about the writer's room. Apparently there was a lot of fighting in the writer's room. Two names should jump out at you. Uh, Klasky and Chupo. It was called a Klasky Chupo production. They also did um, another show I didn't like, As Told by Ginger. And yeah, another show I didn't like, The Wild Thornberry. I guess I don't like animation that looks like shit. So uh, they did those. And apparently Arlene Klasky just did not like uh, what they were doing with the Rugrats, despite being the co-creator. She didn't like that Angelica was mean, and they're like, well, we have to have a foil. You know, there's got to be, like, a villain of the show. That way there's conflict, and they can resolve this. And she said, why can't they all just get along every single episode? And they said, oh, well, then there is no show. <laughs> what the fuck is your name? <laughs> oh, why don't the babies just go on an adventure? Yeah. Oh, All cool. Right. What's, what's Thanks for episode? making Coco Melon, Dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, I do like those movies. It's like this is just Coco Melon for X, and I was like, oh, that's that's a good insult to people who watch Hassan. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's an oxymoron, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> anyway, uh, uh, slime. The oral history of Nickelodeon is good. I like oral histories. Those are like really fast reads. I don't know if you guys ever get into those, but like. Uh, the Athletic had a couple of oral histories. What? What? Is there... I will kick the ball out of the fucking stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's my favorite recent oral history. That's a really fucking good one. I'm still subbed to The Athletic just because of that book. <laughs> the Athletic's good, though. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else I want? Oh, let me look this up. Oh, yeah. I watched Fright Night Part 2. 
yeah. Hey, you watched Fright Night Part 1, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is, it's basically (laughs) Fright Night Part 1. But good news, Fright Night Part 1 was a good movie, and this is the same movie. So I don't have anything bad to say about it. This is good. I I had a really good time. Uh, They don't have Marcy Darcy from Married with Children. Instead, they have a hotter actress. What, am I going to start complaining now? And instead of having just one vampire, they have, like, three vampires. And one of them is the choreographer for Michael Jackson, and he has roller skates. It's a good movie. They knew how to yeah, do this it. That's not pretty good. Yeah, they knew how to do it. Yeah, this is actually pretty me. good. Uh, what now, is... We need another movie. Okay, hotter lady. <laughs> yeah, vampires. S. Got it. All right. Good. Right. Yeah. It's cool. So, so just watch the second one and not the first one. Got it. You, you could actually. I think you'd be totally well within your right to do that. Uh, so, Parker, what race makes the best vampires? <laughs> uh, based on Friday Part Two, Parker, this should be an easy answer. Oh, I don't want to. I'm going to pepper that in after I take people to see the meter this weekend. Oh, so, God, guys, actually if you had that? to make... Are you, are you yeah. not? Uh, I mean, I, if you don't want to see it... No, then, uh, I'm kidding. You can pretend you did. Just fill us in on all the vampire lore. Like, you're the Van Helsing expert, right? I am. He knows how the movie begins and ends, and we'll just fill in the pieces for all right. This uh, is a really good movie. It was scary. So, if you had to pick one race to, to invent. <laughs> All right. So, unfortunately, what is not good, and I think I mentioned this before, when I watch documentaries, I have very low standards. If you just tell me what happened in the movie and it's mildly interesting to me, I'm going to give you a high rate. It, that's all I uh, require. Like watching to... a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah, you know. Like, if I learn something, I'm going to be, you know, pretty pretty kind to you that's that's all i ask for a documentary that's not much i don't need you to use like innovative techniques to make me think about the world you know just something that makes me learn something but i will take points off if you bother me and a good example of this would be the three and a half hour documentary of uh the first two fright night movies called... I mean, thanks for taking that for me i appreciate it let me tell you this dude <laughs> which is weird because like i actually did enjoy like the nine hour documentary of the of the friday the 13th movies because, like, I learned so much, and it was really well done. It was, it was kind of standard. It was kind of rope, but, like, I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time. I did not have a good time during this documentary. And, yeah, I learned a few things, and I did appreciate it when, I have to admit, I liked it when the talking heads were on screen because they'd be like, yeah, I worked really hard on this, like, mold for a character and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Parker? Remember when I talked about the documentary, uh, The History of Metal and Horror? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Remember how I said they had, uh, like, a little host segment in there? You know, like a little framing device? Oh, good. Dude, those. they have some guy who is not Roddy McDowell, a guy who is younger than we are, uh, playing uh, the character of uh, whoever that, you know, horror host is. And it is the lamest shit you have ever seen in your entire life. I was so fucking embarrassed while watching it. So, not a good documentary. I don't recommend it whatsoever. Did you learn anything outside of that? So, answer that first. I have another question. I, well, I, I mean, I learned like some of the techniques that they use. I learned uh, <laughs> about the Menendez brothers. <laughs> That's all I want to know about. So, so here's the thing about uh, the Menendez brothers, right? Okay, so the Menendez brothers, um, when they killed their father, which, you know, who hasn't 
what really happened Ron Paul was, 2016 is that uh, <laughs> is that the the movie itself Friday uh, Friday Night Part Two only played in two theaters in America, one in Los Angeles and one in New York, and it still made a lot of money, like relatively, but obviously not enough to ever justify like a three. And they were talking to Roddy McDowell and the lead to you know make a threequel like hey come on back people seem to really like this movie but that whole Menendez brother thing really screwed stuff up so what I'm saying is you know look out for us horror movie fans before you murder <laughs> your your family can you guys stop being so selfish please I thought yeah, you were, God, thought you were gonna say <laughs> Menendez brother's dad thanks for taking one for the team oh no no yeah <laughs> Fright, Fright Night 1 no, and roll Night the cannons two. No, Friday 1 and Friday Night 2 are good movies, but here's where the other star comes off. A lot of people in this documentary dissing the one that we watched for the show. Being like, oh, it just wasn't as... It didn't have the same magic as the first two. Dude, it's better, okay? The fucking... Get over come on, yeah. Which, hey, uh, if you're gonna watch one of these, you should watch the one I was in. You okay? Fuck yourself. <laughs> but I won't. Oh, Chris will. Uh, so we don't no, have to. No, here's the here's the other thing. Here's a little twist I didn't know about that even the documentary didn't know about. There's a Fright Night Part Two, that's a sequel to the one that we watched for the show. I did not know that. I knew that. Hell I yeah. chosen to not watch it. I, yeah, I have a feeling. That's there, not, who do they get back? I, there yeah. are only so many hours I have on this. Planet. Right. Yeah. I, that's not. not here. Uh, Alex, you had a question. McLovin for this? <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> guess no. Yeah, McLovin that's was not be. in this one. I just I just wanted to, to make sure that uh, I understood that you you watch Fright Night Part Two, in order to watch a three and a half documentary that was bad, correct? Basically, I actually thought the documentary would be good because I've watched a lot of really long horror documentaries that ended up being usually pretty good. Do you like when you're gonna watch one of these like unnecessarily long documentaries about a horror series? Do you look into like the reviews and stuff first, no. or do you just go someone made a documentary? I'm watching it. No, because the reviews I'm going to see are all from people who are, like, in the horror community. They're all going to be, like, five stars. Oh, my God, I love Fright Night. It's so epic. That's correct. I don't want to fucking... He's absolutely right. I'm not just going to waste my time with that. So, I just kind of, like... I usually put it on, like... And I'm going to... I'm not going to lie. It's usually, like, while I'm working. And I'll just look up. People are like... Yeah, then I got... I got invited back for Nightmare Part 4. And, uh... I got to tell you, it's always fun being stopped on the street for this one. Both times it happened. <laughs> yeah. It is, I have to admit, like, when you see Chris Sarandon uh, in this interview, who, by the way, I, uh, Al, uh, Parker, since you've seen the first one, I don't know if you know, he was the guy on the street who gets killed by uh, the vampire in the remake. Uh, he has not aged well. And when people come up to be like, oh, oh yeah, from Fright Night, I was going to be like, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they go up to you on the street and they go, sorry, nothing on me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I like Chris Rand. I think he's I think he's a good actor. I think he was good for the part. Uh, great for the part, actually. I think he's one of the best parts of the first movie. But he doesn't really look like it anymore, you know? <laughs> Stuff has changed over time. Sorry, I'm late to my interview. Just so many people stopped me like, oh my god, <laughs> you're the vampire from Fright Night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, oh, that was another thing. So, one of the things when you're watching Fright Night, and actually one of my fonder memories is uh, watching it at the Alamo with my sister. And as soon as she saw Evil Ed, she was just like, right off the bat, under her breath, just like, oh, I hope that guy fucking dies. Like, you, before <laughs> he speaks, you're just like, oh, God. Turns out that guy's actually kind of normal. He was just like, 
you know, reading the script, I could tell this guy wasn't, so <laughs> just make him sound as weird as possible. That's why he has so many weird deliveries. As for uh, Chris Randon's roommate, that guy was in the Groundlings and was like, this is supposed to be a comedy. Okay. And that's why he does those weird, like, facial expressions throughout the movie. Which I did need I did need an explanation for because the whole time I was wondering, I was like, what the fuck is that guy's deal? <laughs> He's the vampire. It's supposed to be funny. It's like, yeah, but, like, yeah, but people like, are going to see this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're not an SNL. Anyway. Uh... It's, yeah, uh, the documentary sucks ass, so don't watch it. I know you Thank were you. thinking, should I watch the three and a half hour Friday Night documentary? But, uh, it's not off the table for me, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's get into the next one here. This is one that, I, I'm going to be honest about why I watched this. Uh, I like Zero Punctuation. Uh, do you guys ever watch uh, Zero Punctuation? Fiatsi, the bridge Oh, it's been... Yeah. Like, so long like three yeah, console that's, generations that's, ago when i say i like i mean i watched it in college and then i was like uh, i was gonna say like 2007 me can uh can relate yeah i i, I don't know yeah you, you hung on to the angry video game nerd for a long time it wouldn't shock you if you were still watching zero punctuation if they still make it well see that's the thing is i every once in a while i've gone back but then i realized i don't really play enough video games to like actually justify watching four and a half minute videos um you need him to start making them about retro games. Yeah, I t well, he did. He did one on uh, Doom. He was like, yeah, it's good. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Bold. There, there, was a, there was a line that he said that stuck with me in 2008, I think, about... <laughs> it is, seriously, it stuck with me for years. He was talking about one of the, the Turok games for, like, the 360, and he found that one of the background actors was Ron Perlman. Now, Ron Perlman has been in, like, everything. And he was like, well, this guy, is, he's not even trying in this game. I can't believe it. This is Ron Perlman. He, he warmed people's hearts in City of Lost Children. And I was like, what the fuck is that? I, I know City of God. I know uh, uh, Children of Men. But I don't know City of Lost Children. So I looked it up. Finally, like fucking 20 years later, I, I look up this movie. City of Lost Children is a French movie. So, Ugh. yeah, it came out in 1995. So. Wait, wait, and then he said that this French movie brought people joy? <laughs> it's actually really good. Uh, sorry to break your hearts on this one. This one's actually uh, a very good movie. Oh, I hate when you enjoy yeah, yourself. Uh, I know. Yeah, especially <laughs> the French movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a sign that's good. It's by the same guy who made uh, Amelie. So... I would say you know you're in good hands, but I didn't like Delicatessen, the one he made before these two. So this one is very good. The plot is not the most comprehensible, and uh, I speak French, so even I was having a little bit of trouble with it at times. But it's really well made. Uh, now here's the one that's going to kill Alex. There's no way Alex is going to watch it because, Alex, there's some steampunk in here, so... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? This gets better and better. Oh, Thanks really? Oh, there's never no mind. I forgot you one. like to go to Renfest. So anyway. So, uh, <laughs> there's a new sport they play, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I'm going to get uh, Parker away from this. Uh, Parker, I'm sorry, you're not going to like it. They play a lot of Blitzball in this. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking broken ass, stupid piece of shit. <laughs> How were you bad at Blitzball? I don't remember. I, I had a file with 200 hours of just Blitzball. <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't tell you a thing about it. I, I've never actually. Maybe you have to call me out on my bit. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'll cut that. But uh, City of no, Lost. Blitz, Blitzball, very important. Yeah. City Much like Steampunk. Yeah. <laughs> City of He's Lost. He's got the goggles on right now. You can see. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I can't see you. Yeah. We're cutting out all the moments where Alex is going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this Damn, is. I didn't realize my vape was coming through the mic. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, this is so um, uh, steampunk that apparently it was the uh, it was the inspiration for partially for Bioshock, uh, which take that oh as you God, will. I you were gonna say Biodome. No, no, you wish. <laughs> then you would just be watching yes, it. You already be downloading it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's hidden for the yeah. cycle right there. Yeah. Anyway, I like this one a lot. I think the visuals are really, really good. Uh, it it looks fantastic. It feels good. It's very well written. I cared about the characters. It's really original. And it made me feel like a kid again. Like, even though it was all in French, I had to watch it subtitle because there was no dub track. Sorry, Alex. I'm sorry, Parker. Uh, and we're back out. Yeah, see? Yeah, there you I'm go. Out. Yeah. I, maybe you can <laughs> find it. I don't know. But, like, I had to do a, a subtitle version. So I'm imagining two separate things. Yeah. <laughs> you, first of all, just like finishing this three hour documentary and be like, man, that was fucking terrible. What was that movie that Zero Punctuation <laughs> mentioned like 15 years ago? <laughs> and then I it wasn't back Alex to back. Like, it was like a day in between. <laughs> like a month of Alex having mic issues and he just like puts it on camera and just covering <laughs> gears and watch me. He's like, I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> that, oh my God. That is, Alex, that is your wedding gift. We're going to find, <laughs> find you one of, one of Wallace's blenders <laughs> that he invented uh, with grommet. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you say that, Chris, because I don't know how you're going to get on my wedding dirigible. <laughs> I will find a way. The children will get me on there. Take that back as a French movie. It sounds weird. Anyway. That's uh, why you like the Three Musketeers so much. All right, it's all coming together now. Uh, that and James Gordon. Right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you Damn. forgot, didn't you, Pete? Yeah. sure did. City of Lost Children. This is where I insert, like, uh, in Nickelodeon Studios, Orlando, Florida. So... Man, right. I'm, just, I'm still thinking about, like, one of my absolute <laughs> worst fears in my adolescence was because everyone talks shit about Legends of the Hidden Temple. So I'd be like, all right, here's the three pieces. Put them together. You're so smart. And I would just have a fucking panic attack. Dude, I would try and put the head of the monkey on second and no, just start crying. It's, no, it's, that's impossible because there's, like, a rod in it. So you know it goes in Yeah, there. but I'm fucking stupid. No, I bet if you were that's to look true, up, like, a YouTube here. And I haven't looked. I haven't seen the show since it aired. But, like, I bet if I looked up a YouTube of it, I'd be like, oh, that's so easy. Ishibu is a kind of guy. You and everybody else yeah. on Facebook in yeah. 2005. And, yeah. and then everyone's yelling at me, and then, like, my my partner's yelling at me, because if I fuck up, we're not going to get... What if the Temple Guards the is right there just breathing week? down your neck? We won't get our all-expenses-probably-not-paid all vacation. <laughs> do you think, like, damn... Space camp, bro? Do you think, I like... I space camp now more than anything. Do I can't think, let my family down. Do you think, like, Dan Schneider, like, intern is one of the Temple Guards? Just so you can, like, grab kids. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> oh, you he know he was Dan the Schneider, one in the tree. Oh, and I bro. immediately imagined his stupid fat ass in the spinny thing at space camp. One of my biggest regrets in life was not getting to be able to go into the gyroscope at space camp. Dude, if I could have afforded that, I would have a million percent gone. That's where Dee got to go, and, and Dexter had to go with the Amish people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's where I always assumed that Alice got cut off from. <laughs> Remember one of the first things he said in this episode? I was like, yeah, I don't really have time to go rewatch that. And then we've just gone through. 
the worst recently watched in history. <laughs> well, I watched something else. Remember, Parker, how I said uh, last week I watched Night of the Demons 2? Well, this, Do this, I ever. this week I watched Apollo 13. So here's the thing. Oh. Night of the Demons 4. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> That's where I should put in like a sound effect of like pigs squealing and stuff. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking sound clip of uh, that episode where the old tiny British people chased Abner around that island. <laughs> I'm coming up on that episode. That's one of my favorite episodes of Great Pig War. It's so them. good. <laughs> that would Fuck. break this show. If every time either one of us watched some fucking horror sequel, it would just not stop pig squealing. It would just Jesus be like Christ. it would just be like if anyone mentions the numbers three and or four. all right so apollo 13 uh directed by ron howard i did not know that uh this movie's actually really good uh basic story here is uh parker do you know about apollo 13 yes oh thank you Uh, for asking me those (laughs) (laughs) all right in in fairness all right in fairness and fairness wait wait, alex do you know about apollo 13 Yes, obviously. Why, Why are we not making Parker to... explain it? <laughs> no, I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, Apollo thirteen. <laughs> All right. I'm familiar with the concept of uh, there being thirteen or something. <laughs> I'm dying at the idea of uh, fourteen describing K-Pax instead. <laughs> well, that was a good pull. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing about Apollo thirteen. Just like baseline, because this is one of the more famous movies. I just, I don't know. I just hadn't seen it. Uh, is that it's so well done it's so remarkably well done that I knew about this well before I had watched it because like I'm into space shit that's one of my favorite things and by the end of it at the very peak of the climax it's like oh my god are they gonna be okay for, for like a split second I was like wait what the hell <laughs> and uh, you know I won't give it away for those who don't know but uh, I will say this I like the idea that they called it spoilers for Apollo 13 the successful failure and I was like you know what I have had a moment like that at work before no one's life was on the line but I'm gonna keep calling it the successful failure and uh it made me feel kind of good and uh <laughs> now it has the same energy as the living vampire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh do you do you not like Apollo 13 or what do you like it or you I, I not only do I like it I think that's like one of the coolest things that has ever happened so for them to take a movie and actually do it justice i uh no i I very much like that movie yeah apparently tom hanks was like actually perfect in replicating the role that he was playing like the wife was just like yeah he was almost exactly the same it was kind of unnerving like sounds like tom hanks so if you haven't seen this one in a while uh you know rewatch it it's still good and uh next week armageddon I was so, gonna say, if yeah. you didn't say it, like yeah, that's <laughs> it's coming. And now one that uh, Gabby's boyfriend sent me a clip of uh, I for no reason. I wasn't even playing Street Fighter, but he he sent me a clip of like uh, it was like a cartoon of M Bison fighting Chun Li, and Chun Li was like, uh, uh, "You bastard! You killed or you jerk or whatever she said. Uh, you killed my father." And he says, what do you care? I killed my father. You don't hear me crying about it. And it just cuts off there. I'm like, hey, that's kind of funny. What's that from? That's not from the hit classic anime that I have on VHS that I recommend to everyone. It's obviously not from the live action version with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme that 
sucks. So I decided I'm going to look at where is that from? I still haven't found it yet, but I found two TV shows that I watched. <laughs> One is an anime called Street Fighter 2 V. I uh, just don't have any time, you know. Schedule's I, booked solid. <laughs> it's not for <laughs> the six hours of Lake Chang Jin. But, uh, if I had this much free time, I would also be mad at us for not doing our assignments. <laughs> <laughs> I watched all of mine. I don't want to fucking hear it. Anyway, so uh, Street Fighter 2. I watched TV. Ghostbusters two weeks ago. Give me a fucking drink. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. You could have watched anything else. I could have, but... Yeah. <laughs> Take this seriously. Yeah. But again, I was I was doing this while working, and I'm like, I have to map one thing. Uh, Street Fighter 2V is the most boring, generic-ass anime, so I have almost nothing to say about it. What I do have something to say about is the American version. They had an American version that was produced at the same time, and this is like the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. It was some of the worst animation I've ever seen, yet it's somehow more accurate to the game. It looks like they were trying to like rip off uh, uh, X-Men, the animated series, but was like one-twelfth the animation budget. And uh, I kind of recommend it just for that. Like, if you were to watch it, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, uh, Chun-Li does that, like, upside-down, like, leg-spinning kick. Like, and she can fly, like, a helicopter. Like a fucking, uh, what's the thing that Alex lost down the drain when he was a kid? A Beyblade? She could just do that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those things were much bigger than drains, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Step into my arena, I'll show you. Yeah, all right. So, so much for the Street Fighter shows. And Dude, I bought a knockoff Beyblade one time. And it was, like, made of, like, heavier metal than the regular Beyblades. So whenever I'd throw it into the arena with other people's tops, it would just shred them. <laughs> <laughs> Be a poor owned. I can't believe you got the sumo Beyblade. <laughs> it was so sick, dude. Literally. They told me I wasn't allowed to bring it anymore. Literally a couple weeks ago, a friend invited us to his apartment for a party, and we couldn't make it. He's like, oh, man, we had a good time. We brought a bunch of Beyblades over, and I was... Furious, for like three days. Uh, all my go. friends have parties. I don't have time to watch all the street. I didn't get to go show off. Drunk. I'm so goddamn mad. I mean, you could have. Yeah, you could have. If I had known, I would have made time. Can you imagine playing Beyblades with like the Street Fighter show on in the background. We can make you imagine. Yeah, we can just do that now. Yeah. You know, the weirdest thing is, like, you know, again, like, the weird thing is, like, you guys talk about, oh, you know, you watch kid shows, and yeah, I guess I do, but a lot of that is from nostalgia. I don't have any nostalgia for the Street Fighter show. I didn't even know this existed. Apparently, it was on the USA Network, which I didn't know existed in 1995. So, that's on me. That's a channel that I didn't know about until Burn Notice came on, so I'm right with you. Yeah, I I had no idea. Apparently, they had their own cartoon, Street Fighter, made for about seven bucks an episode. Very Canadian. Uh... I honestly, I kind of reckon just because it's like kind of incredibly stupid to watch. We're just like, what the fuck is this? Anyway, um, final thing here. Uh, this is just for us. I have finally become, I, I finally taken the Breen pill. Parker, I know you know. Alex, have you ever heard of a gentleman going by the name of Neil Breen? have heard of him yes dude and see that's the thing is for oh, the longest yeah. time yeah for the longest time i hadn't watched any of his movies because i was like oh another bad movie director big fucking deal people were like oh you know the next tommy was i don't need another tommy was one is enough you i don't even need the one do. we have exactly i don't fucking i'm already sick of the room i've already mentioned that but like like goddamn man people want to jump down the planet of the bases guy's throat for doing the same bit for a week and a half tommy wiseau's been eating off one bit for 25 years fuck that guy the play of the bass guy he's the guy with like the girl dancing around on like the thing yeah 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 Yeah, i didn't even like watch it because i just don't give a shit 
This song's uh, been in my head for a week straight. I want to okay. fucking die. <laughs> so goddamn yes. catchy. <laughs> it's an earworm. Yeah. So Neil Breen is an independent filmmaker, so to speak, in the Las Vegas area, and he makes movies, so to speak. And again, I've heard about this shit. Uh, for the longest time, I thought he was like the Birdemic guy. Turns out that's like a completely different person. Oopsie daisy. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if this is really something for me, but I heard that they were doing a showing of his latest movie at the Alamo. And I was like, huh. Go out in public and talk to people and watch more of the Street Fighter cartoon. <laughs> <sighs> Go out in public, they have beer. And uh, I went there and I just, oh, b- but before I did, I, I looked it up. Okay. This, the movie's called Cade, The Tortured Crossing. And it's a sequel, so I was like, well, I wouldn't want to be confused during a Neil Breen movie. So I watched Twisted Pair, and Alex, I understand that the basic idea of this is not going to be appealing to you, because it's just like, oh, yeah, another bad director that's going to be so epic for the win. It's going to... I found it very entertaining. I did. Now, the basic idea here is that he made these movies that were released in theaters, for real, for like $7,000. This guy's an architect. He's not a filmmaker. He puts himself in all his movies. He says all his movies are autobiographical, which is the wildest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life once you watch them. Like, the room is autobiographical, and you can, as you're watching, you're like, oh, I can see how. With this, you're just like, well, you can't bilocate, and you don't have other superpowers, so I have a feeling that's not entirely accurate. He photoshops himself, or blue screens and green screens himself into all these different, like, locations that look like... Not even, like, computer backgrounds, but, like, if you go to, like, the big screen TV store, like, all the the ones they have on the HD TVs, it's just, like, some cycling uh, background desktop sort of thing. That's what he's showing in all of his movies. Uh, They're very, very oddly written. Uh, That's what kept me coming back. Because for a while, you're just like, oh, that's funny. He's photoshopped himself into all these things. But, like, after five minutes, that joke's not really that funny anymore. What keeps you laughing is just the bizarre situations that these characters keep finding themselves in. And I gotta admit, I I had a good amount of fun with this. And if you were to watch one of his movies and after five minutes you go, oh, I get it, and you turn it off, totally fair. I couldn't possibly blame you. These movies aren't actually good. But there is some sort of draw there, and that's why people keep watching this. What I didn't like about this is, I think I said this the same time I watched uh, The Room last time in a theater. Too many people who think they're funny. Too many people trying to do like the Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing and like making up jokes and yelling out in the theater. It, it seems like all the people who want to do this are always like the least funniest people in the world. And the people who do have, you know, good quips and japes. They know to keep quiet, you know? Just, like, keep it to yourself, guys. We don't need you interrupting the movie. You're not really adding anything to it. Uh, also, the characters themselves are saying really astoundingly stupid shit. And this is... I mean, Neil Breen is the kind of filmmaker, the kind of writer director. He does literally everything. He's kind of like Robert Rodriguez, except worse than hypnotic. <laughs> in full seriousness. Worse than hypnotic. <laughs> He does, like, all his own stuff, and that is somewhat impressive. I'm not going to lie. The guy does everything that has to do with the movie better than I do. I could certainly say that, but I've also never done it before because I don't want to end up looking like Neil Breen, you know? Which kind of makes me think about something, is Neil Breen has fans, and yeah, obviously they're ironic fans. They go to, like, all his showings where he's going to be there, you know, doing Q&A, and they ask him questions, and they laugh at his movie. 
in front of him. And if you go to like Letterboxd, you see all these questions like Neil Breen has found a new way of seeing the world through film. And I'm like, your guys are just making fun of him the whole time. And I'm, I'm wondering whether that's cruel or whether it's fine. What I think it is, is at this point it is boring. I think it is worth it to say that Neil Breen is very bad at making movies because it's worth it to say the truth every once in a while. I don't want to be like the guy who every single time be like, oh yeah, Tommy was O's genius vision, you know, because it's obviously not true and it's just kind of annoying and we just keep letting him make more and more movies. Not that I mind because like they look odd and there is a value in oddness, but uh, I'm, I'm only going to lie to you if I think it's really, really funny. Once everyone tells the same joke over and over again, it's not that funny anymore. Anyway, true work of Brenius. Uh, Parker, I know you're familiar with a man. Uh, you have any takes? What I love about him is that, uh, like you're talking about Tommy Wiseau, who's yeah. just like been in on the bit for 20 years, yeah. and it's but, so which also I, a little to just clear things up, just to make myself clear. I don't mean to interrupt, but like Tommy Wiseau's The Room and Neil Breen's filmography are very, very different movies. You could tell that within five seconds of watching either. But like it's been like close to 20 years, and be like, no, it's supposed to be funny. You're supposed to laugh. You guys like this? You guys like when I act over the top? Isn't this your favorite? Neil Breen is deadly serious about his craft. He is the worst. It looks worse than anything Channel Awesome did 15 years ago. Yeah. But he is so earnest and sincere about it and has not improved. Well, uh, he has improved because he learned to green screen himself as an evil twin. So I, I take it back. Dude, I, I heard he's getting worse. <laughs> All right. That's somewhat, you know what the weirdest fucking thing is? Like, so I went to the theater right, and one of my coworkers. My old co-worker, who I didn't even recognize was there. Apparently that was him. He said, Neil Breen is getting lazier in his old age. I'm like, how could you fucking tell? <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm not going to watch them all and fact check it, because uh, it is one of those you things sure? like, this is pretty what? funny. And then after like, four, like not even 40, like 20 minutes, you're like, all right, I think I've got the joke here. I think I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. what if they were all on a list? All right, well, now we're talking. They wouldn't, but uh, you wouldn't do that. I would, and I could, and I might. (laughs) But I just appreciate um, when bad movie directors actually care. Like Birdemics, whatever. I don't care. But also, then when they come back, they're like, "Oh, everyone thinks this this sucks. I'm gonna make Birdemic two, and then I'm gonna lean into all of it." It's like absolutely get fucked. No one cares. You're a hack. Neil Breed believes with his heart and soul in every single movie he puts out. And that's the reason people go to see them, which because is it kind sucks, of weird. but it's completely earnest. It is. It is kind of weird it's because, like, the one movie, the one other movie I watched, that I don't really feel like talking about is Sling Blade. Uh, guess what? Sling Blade is good. Big deal. Is it kind of feels like we're throwing peanuts at the freaking the carnival show? You know, like he he really believes that this work was good, and as you're watching it again, like five seconds of any segment of any of his fil- of his films, you're like, no, it isn't. You know, like. Every single frame is a problem. Every single frame is a mistake. Yeah, but also, uh, his movies are showing in front of sold out crowds. And That's a good point. Yeah. How many listeners does Real Deal No Sex Bill have? What's up? <laughs> Too many. That's for goddamn sure. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> we're working we're to fix digits, that. <laughs> we have to stop. <laughs> we are above that, from what I from what I understand. We either have to get worse or murder one of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, how good was the movie? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kate the the Torture Crossing. Yeah, Kate the the Torture Crossing is uh, abundantly soon. What's the movie about? Uh, He he has his own twin brother. (laughs) And they were like secret experiments from the government or some dumb shit. Uh, It's... I mean, like I told you, like he just green screams himself into everything. Every once in a while he films himself making out with uh, an abnormally hot actress. Uh, And he films himself interacting with other very clearly non-actors and i don't know where he found these people because these this isn't even like community college like theater you know these are people who i kind of thought maybe this is like a work release program you know like maybe like oh you get out like a couple months early if you act in a neil breen movie but working on a neil breen movie you could be fucking daniel day lewis you could be meryl streep you could be I, I don't know, pick someone. You could be Forrest Whitaker. You could be uh, Michelle Yeoh. You're not going to get a good performance out of any of those people. It's just going to be bad the whole time because Neil Breen makes his movies in that way. And uh, God bless him for it, I think. I don't think that we've done a very good job of convincing Alex to watch this movie. You're correct. Nor, nor yeah. should we. Yeah, but that's also not a mandatory thing. I will no, say, no one should watch these. Yeah. Uh, I've never sat through one in its entirety. Yeah, I guess the I'd say yes. Football season's a month away. <laughs> I, I guess the other thing that's uh, kind of worth mentioning here is they showed uh, the previews again, and uh, they showed the Exorcist preview again, which is another <laughs> stop everyone in silence movie, and it's all done. You hear this like collective exit, like what the fuck? Which, uh, <laughs> as someone who's seen every horror movie ever made, not scary, but. Most importantly, like, Parker, maybe you and I are the only ones who picked up on this. Like, The Exorcist is about The Exorcist. It's not about the girl who got possessed. About... No, what if the girls talk in a scary voice? Yeah. What you if ever seen that two before? of them now? You ever seen that? Are you scared? It was not. <laughs> Ellen burst and showed up like, ah, I actually have experience with this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. Cool. Doesn't look good. Anyway. If, if that person's Russell Crowe, however. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. uh, hold on. I... <clears throat> straight by time alex what did you watch at long last uh just a couple here to talk about oh thank hey, goodness uh, you guys re- finally god jeez <laughs> you guys remember how i didn't really like batman 1989 that much yeah man i wish i watched batman 1989 again instead of batman returns yeah finally uh, well it's see that i have to admit All that right. is one where there's going to be um there, there are a lot of people who did not like and and I will say that um, just to just to put all my cards on the table here, um, if you went back and you talked to eight year old ch- like child me out playing with my toys on the playground, you went up and you said, "Who's the lamest superhero or the lamest character from superhero media or comic media, whatever we want to call it back then?" So eight year old me understands. I would say Gambit because Gambit sucks. You were so black. But if you asked me, who is the second lamest superhero i would say catwoman catwoman is a worthless fucking character so when i put this movie on and like i know that she's in it and i know that that people have some thoughts on that performance um and then i get a 20 minute catwoman origin story that where batman's just like not in it at all i'm like what the fuck are we doing why is this movie called batman returns he's like not even here uh didn't love that uh did think it was kind of funny that uh, Tim Burton made two of these movies and he took the the crazy twisted psychopath and just made him a weird little guy and he took the weird little guy and made him a crazy twisted psychopath. Um, that's cool. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> that Danny DeVito character is uh well I mean it's good casting I'll say that oh, yeah. uh, can't, I, I can't I can't levy the uh, the same critique that I did on the first one on Danny DeVito as the penguin good way to or save Michelle money Pol- just cast Danny DeVito <laughs> as himself he didn't even have to get dressed up <laughs> man this movie just like it takes detours into all these plots that I don't care about and it's not like it's not necessarily that I think Michael Keaton's like substantially better in this one, although I do think he's better. I think he kind of understands the role a little bit better in this one, for lack of a better way to describe it. Not that I want to like shit talk Michael Keaton, who I like, but uh, yeah, he's just like not in the movie enough. It's it's honestly frustrating. Like, oh cool, now we're now we're at now uh, Christopher Walken, who is playing a character I have never heard of and is getting a lot of screen time in this Batman movie. Is just like at the Penguins' like weird sex party house, and now they're working with Catwoman, and I just I don't care about any of it. And you know, maybe maybe I just don't like Tim Burton. Maybe that's where we're at. That's a fair assessment for I think most people at this point. I would say it's a fair assessment. I, mean, I don't know just if it's, got there sooner. I don't know if it's entirely accurate for you specifically because I don't know a bigger defender of big fish than you. It's, he's made some movies that I really like, but I think in like when you take his career in its totality, it's a lot more misses than hits for me. And I, I didn't really like math it out until I was watching this movie because I was bored and didn't have anything else to do while watching this movie. And like, yeah, I love Big Fish and I love Sleepy Hollow, and I'm starting to draw blanks. Well, I'll tell you what, as someone who does like the early works of uh, Tim Burton a bit, one of the criticisms of Batman Returns is that it's too dark. And I think a good way to uh, change that sentence around is is it wasn't really made for kids. It seems like it was made for adults, and I definitely don't mean that as a compliment. Because I bet if I was a kid and I watched this, and I I didn't watch this when I was a kid. I I was was much older. Probably weren't allowed. No, I I don't think I was allowed. Also, when it came out in 92, right? Yeah, I think I was still watching like Disney VHSs at home. Oh yeah, I was one when this came out. Yeah, so. uh, I've I've seen the other much two. Older. Uh, so yeah, oops. I saw the other two as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I have a feeling that like the whole the whole Catwoman thing that's clearly for grownups. You know, like she almost gets fucking killed. It's pretty violent, and it's obviously pretty sexual. There's like a BDSM thing going on there. But you that- say she almost gets killed. <laughs> I want to talk about that scene. Yeah. Where she gets, like, tossed out the window. She dies, right? She fucking dies, and then a cat licks her finger like Pikachu crying on Ash in the Pokemon movie. (laughs) And then she's just fine. Yeah. What the fuck? I know it's a superhero movie, but I thought Batman's the one where this stuff's not supposed to happen. I, well, I think what he was trying to get across is that just traumatized her so much that she went bonkers <laughs> and uh if so Man, i would have liked to see that in the first movie yeah which is weird i think they recreated the same shot with harley quinn in the cartoon and she survived that one too which makes because well, you know this is superhero so people could just survive that but that being said about this you know this is a oh this is a movie for grown-ups when they're in fucking the penguins lair they have like the robot penguins with like the the bombs strapped to their backs and you hear like fucking tim uh what's the guy who does the soundtrack for all of tim burton's movies uh, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman's soundtrack and backwards just go boom, doom, boom, doom, boom, doom, boom. I'm just like, alright, well that is amazing. Results. We don't have to do that, you know? Uh, also, yeah. as, as to whatever that, Christopher Walken is doing, that's for that's for all ages. 
Uh, correct. Yeah. I mean, I love that performance. Oh, yeah. I still don't know if that is a Tim Burton original or if that guy's actually in the comics. Parker, you don't have to tell me. Don't worry. It, I, um, I wasn't going to. Well, Max Shrek. <laughs> Max Shrek, isn't that... Wait, wait. Isn't Max Shrek like... Uh, wasn't that the actor who played Nosferatu or something? Of course it was. Thank you. I'm I glad I have my junior assistant because... intern for horror movies here to help me out. <laughs> Don't worry. Someday you'll get you'll get promoted to the big boy chair. Yeah. Uh, well, but, if you watch more horror movies, which uh, Parker's not a big enough fan. Yeah. See, I think that's the thing that frustrates me about both Batman Returns and Batman 1989 is like, the parts like that, when they're in the Penguin's Lair with all the stupid Island of Misfit Toys bullshit, and, like, the scene at the beginning of the movie when, like, they're at, like, the, the mayor's rally or whatever, and all those, like, weird guys come out and attack them, like, Tim Burton's so good at that shit, and I just want to watch a whole movie of that, and then instead of, you know, giving me what I'm expecting to get instead of the cool thing, which is a lot of Batman. I get something that's way worse than getting a lot of Batman, and I'm just, like, doubly mad. I, I don't... I, I the, the It's the, the glimpses of something much better that frustrate me with both of these movies, and I think it's why I can't... I can't really be fair to them, if I'm, if I'm being unfair. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know what fairness would mean. I mean, I guess fairness would be like, oh, you could see how influential they are. You should be understood that you probably don't get uh, uh, Raimi Spider-Man without these movies. But also, like... You also don't get it's, the other 40 things that yeah. suck. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's <laughs> yeah. a good point. Yeah, you don't get Steel without these movies either, so... Uh, I just think it's so fascinating that Batman 89 comes out, makes all of the money on the fucking planet, and they're like, oh, dude, you gotta make another one. He's like, all right... So this is a living nightmare that no child could possibly enjoy. <laughs> like, my girlfriend has such specific, vivid memories of seeing it really, really young. And that scene where the penguin bites that dude's nose off scared her so goddamn <laughs> bad. And, like, haunted her for literally years. Sick. Thanks thanks for showing this movie to my kid, you fucking freak. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, dude. Yeah, well, tune in next week for when Alex watches Batman Forever and says it's the best one. We're working towards it. Uh, she asked me before we put on this if we could, and I quote, just skip to The Dark Knight. And I started to <laughs> say, there's no way we're watching The Dark Knight before we watch Begins. But, like, before I could even get to that point, she's like, all right, fine, we'll watch them all. So. <laughs> At this point, she has I, to I'd like to thank Emily for being one of our three listeners. <laughs> I would have let her off the hook and just watched the Nolan ones and then just watched the other three by myself. But she didn't let me finish. So now she's watching the other, all. The other four, because it's uh, forever <laughs> Oh, you mean like? Oh my god! Are we gonna that's, no, that's what I meant. After oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Does this mean we're finally gonna get Chris to rewatch a Dark? Night I'm trying Rises to. I'm, I'm trying to get there. Okay, so so here's my plan for it. Uh, they're actually showing a bunch of Nolans at the uh, at the Alamo. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna watch uh, Begins here. Then I'll watch Dark Knight there, and then I'll watch um, Dark Knight Returns here. And God, I hope I enjoy it. Still. I've been so fascinated since the day you dropped. Yeah, I saw it three times. Like. I really liked it. I wanted you to revisit it so bad, just because I want to know. Yeah, here's the fucked up part. Now I'm going to have subtitles, so it's going to be a little point in my favor. Oh my god, I want to see... I'm so <laughs> you want to watch me watch it. <laughs> I want to have this conversation so yeah. bad. I like the and idea the of getting the there, one load You defender. just haven't gone back to it after that statement. It's, it's true, yeah. It's true. I have to know. I have to know. I also like Sucker Punch when I saw that in theaters. Yeah, we all make mistakes, it's fine. Yeah, I'm going to leave that one be. It's fine. Uh, let's see what else did I watch here. Oh, um, 
Uh, I have been meaning to watch this movie for a couple months. It's a movie called Four Lions. Are either of you guys familiar with Four Lions? No, it's not the Mark Wahlberg one, Parker. Oh, he didn't buy uh, himself? Well, I guess I'll just leave this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Four Lions is a movie that came out in, I believe, 2011. And it's about these British guys that want to join Al-Qaeda who are just the dumbest fucking people alive uh to give you an example of how dumb they are without telling you anything else about the movie one of them is nandor the relentless okay and also this movie was written by the guy that wrote succession so and to watch the list if you want to watch a movie where like a bunch of like sub mac iq guys are uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> trying to figure out how to do terrorism and where that leads them uh <laughs> you will have a fucking great time with this one uh i always like to see what pops up on imdb when i watch something like this in terms of the um you know people that watch this also liked and when the second result on there was in Bruges, I was like, okay, cool, perfect. Yeah, that's a really good point of comparison for this. Because while I think in Bruges is better than Four Lions, it's very much the same style of humor. And uh, also, much like in Bruges, the fact that they talk in those ridiculous British accents with moron slang the whole time bumps it up like at least half a star. Uh, definitely watch this one with subtitles. Um, but know that you are watching people say the word slagged without knowing what the fuck slagged means because they use it in seven different contexts and realize that that's probably intentional because these guys are really really dumb uh absolute two thumbs up if and by if i mean when you watch this parker you will have a fucking great time uh reasonable length too like uh i'm I'm not going to talk too much about all the terrorist pratfall in this movie although uh (laughs) there is an incredibly good scene where uh they decide they're gonna shoot down a predator drone because they're visiting some terrorist cell in i don't remember which middle eastern country and the terrorists keep telling them the drones fly too high and they can't hit them with the rpg so they finally like they pull out the fucking bazooka because the terrorists aren't around they try to shoot it down and the guy shoots the rocket the wrong direction it's it's just like you're looking at it like you know much like me you probably don't know you know how a bazooka works but like sometimes you just look at something and go well that doesn't look right and then you just see a missile fly off into the mountains and blow up a terrorist compound it's like oh cool we're in good hands here thanks guys uh yeah, it, that's that's a real if you know you know movie. Uh, by the time I said in Bruges, you should already know if you want to see this or not. But uh, it's it's very very good at being that. Uh, last thing I watched here. Hey Parker, you want to uh, you want to double tap talk to me with me? Absolutely, I do. So how did you feel about this movie? I mean, it's I'm a little a twenty four piggy. You already know I had a good time. Do you think that I had a good time? See, I. What I love the most about this show is I literally never know what your take is going to be. If it's a movie you've never seen before, I legitimately have no idea at any point in time. But I know you're always sincere about it. So please, please give me this lore. I really, really like this one. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I, um... 
And it's a movie that I liked in a way that made me, after I watch it, go out and seek out the criticism and try to figure out what people seem to not like about this movie. Because this movie has been, dare I say, polarizing. Like, it seems to be mostly good reviews, but you hear Bar- Barbarian dropped a lot as a point of comparison. By the way, this movie is nothing like Barbarian. No, not but even, just, though. A bit. Yeah, but... But just the way that Barbarian was talked about, where it's like you have all of these people that are like, that was cool. Like, I've never seen something like that. That's really interesting. I really enjoyed myself. And you have this whole other group of people that's like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. They clearly didn't know what they were doing and wrote themselves into a corner. And then I had to watch Justin Long do Justin Long things. And to be clear, that second group of people are just objectively wrong. Like, those people are fucking stupid. Uh, but I at least understand why people think about that movie that way. I don't understand why this movie has people like that. Because I think that... Like, yeah, look. This movie is, like, a little bit derivative in that there are, like, five very good movies that you will be thinking about constantly while you're watching this. Um, But at no point during it are you wishing that you were watching those other good movies instead. And that, to me, is a sign of quality. Yeah, because we mention that all the time where, like, a movie name drops something. You're like, boy, I sure wish that was on my TV instead of this. Yeah. I, I mean, this movie basically has the sunken place in it. Like, it's it's impossible to think about anything else while those scenes are happening. And you're never like, man, I wish I were watching Get Out instead of this. Which is, hey, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Like, I, I have no qualms with it. Um... I thought this one was a lot of fun. Um, I guess fun is a weird way to put it. Yeah, I was say, I this movie's say pretty that. fucking terrifying. I had a fucking but... existential crisis uh, <laughs> at a very specific scene that I'm sure you remember in that oh. hospital room. That oh. sent me into a nighttime panic afterwards. That was fun. Yes. That's that a scene was, I will uh... think about. <laughs> they could make 20 of these movies and ruin it and no one will care anymore. I will think about that sequence forever jesus christ oh yes that was upsetting i think what works best about this is it like if you see the trailer you can kind of get the beats of what the movie's gonna be but it just twists them ever so slightly enough for every single step that it feels fresh like you assume like okay so like she's gonna do the thing and then get possessed but the fact that it's like oh no it's her friend's little brother and she like eggs him on lets him do it and then just that one little shot of her just, like, holding his hand on it. And that's yeah. never brought up again. Because, no, why would anyone know? That doesn't mm-hmm. become a point of contention. But you know. You know that she caused this. Yes. And he knows, but he can't verbalize it. And that's all yes. you need. We don't yep. need a, a, tw- a fucking blow-up halfway into the movie where they come to blows about it. Like, no, we, you know she knows and he knows. And that's fine. I... I fucking love this movie. Yeah. I don't know how often I'm going to watch it because it was deeply upsetting. Yes, correct. Um, Makes you uh, grapple a lot with, uh, you know, fun things like loss and what lies beyond and what you would do to see that person again. Fun things you love to think about. Uh, spoilers, I saw this movie 10 minutes after Meg 2 ended, so that was a day <laughs> for this guy. <laughs> We literally got out of Meg 2, went, refill our popcorn, and then walked into the theater as this was starting. And that was a, let me tell you, that was a, that was a culture shock right there. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was not expecting that for sure. I, I think that in a weird way, the movie this reminds me the most of is Prince of Darkness. Just 
everything in that third act of Prince of Darkness and where it takes your brain is very much the same places that your brain goes while watching this. And I really appreciated that uh, because I wasn't expecting... Truthfully, I wasn't even sure if I was going to like this or not. I mean, you've always got me with a weird voodoo hand. Like, you could put one of those in every movie for all time. Yeah, that's all I knew going in. I was like, all right, well, this could be spooky. I'm into that. Because the trailer I saw, like, half of it was just her doing the thing. And then, like, creepy shadows. I'm like, that could be a fun afternoon. I think it's what uh, our whole friend group thought. Like, oh, this would be like a fun horror movie. Oh. (laughs) Oh, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, you Uh know, when when the premise of your movie is like, what if Flatliners, but with suburban Australian teens? It's like, (laughs) all right, yeah, I'm there regardless. And there's a creepy hand. It's like, perfect. And it's like... Oh, you're. It just makes me think things. Because on one hand, it's like if I'm in that situation, there's people I would give just about anything to hear from again. I'd like to think I'm a stronger person who wouldn't do this. But also, like if you bring a Ouija board to my house, I'm gonna fist fight you. So it's exactly, like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how to feel. I don't fuck with that. But also, like if if I heard certain people's who are no longer with me, if I heard their voice coming out of someone else. I don't know what the fuck I'd do, to be honest with you. I, I can't say I'd be braver than this main character. I'd be pretty fucking selfish. But also, again, I don't... Uh, never don't in a million spirits. years am I touching that hand. No. I, nah, I can be, no. Uh, give me three or four Voodoo Rangers, I'm touching that hand. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking it's of really... someone who's uh, two Voodoo Rangers in has seen the trailer twice but not seen the movie, I'm not touching any fucking hand, are you out of your mind? I love that there's a montage of everyone doing it. Yeah. And it looks, like the first time you see it, it looks fucking horrifying. Yeah. It looks like the scariest thing that's ever happened to anyone ever. But at the end when they, uh, I guess we should probably describe what it is. You fucking, you grab the hand, you say talk to me, and then you just see a fucking corpse in front of you. You see some dead spirit, which, do not fuck with those, get that out of here. And then you invite the spirit into you, and they time it for 90 seconds, it stays in there, and it talks through you. It can maybe read your thoughts. I don't. I don't know if that's actually true, but it's scarier to think it is. And then after ninety seconds, they blow out the candle. You're done. And they they all say like, "That's the most fucking incredible, like ethereal experience I've ever felt." I can't even put it into words. And then you get like a fun montage of them all doing it and drinking and have a wonderful time. I feel like after like two hours, a couple of Voodoo Rangers of everyone telling me <laughs> it felt better than anything they've ever felt, I'd probably talk to the ghost person. Couldn't do it. Nah, no way. Yeah. Although I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I would succumb to peer pressure on very quickly because I'm well, that's a coward. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. If we were, if the three of us were there, Chris and I would definitely be calling you a pussy until you did it. Yeah. yeah. Chris is in the corner. I also like, would yeah, not, not do it, but I would still like tease. Huh. Hey, Chris, you didn't do it. Yeah, but do it, homo. Okay, I'll yeah, do correct. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't do it because I'm bigger and stronger than you. I. I really appreciate the. The, the two guys with the hand, especially the guy that looks like the ugly guy from Midsummer. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, when that one dude is, you know, before he makes out with the bulldog, uh, while the spirit's inside him, when he just, like, elbows his front and goes, Oi, this spirit's a cunt in it. I was dying. <laughs> Real good. <laughs> I was dying, dude. It's so perfect that, like, it's played... First for horror, because it's a terrifying concept, and then for jokes, and then there's literally, like, a fun party montage of it, and everyone's taking turns, like, even the kid who has a terrible experience, and, like, tries to storm out of the place because he's humiliated, 
He comes back. They're all laughing and high-fiving, having a great time filming each other. And then, once the music stops and then she sits back down again, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know what this means. Uh-huh. And that, that final shot is just, like, such a fucking chef's kiss perfect. Like, yeah, it's, that's how you're supposed to do it. Good job. You guys nailed I, it. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it as it was happening. And then it ended, and I was like, good. That was a good use of your last minute. Because, yeah, you know, it, you can't, you watch anything, and, like, obviously this movie, A, gets compared to the stupid Ari Aster movies a ton, and B, absolutely shouldn't be compared to those. But, at least for me, whenever I'm watching a movie that's like this, where everything is, like, indefinite and metaphysical, whenever I'm trying to watch anybody land that plane, I can't help but think of the last, you know, two minutes of uh, Hereditary. Like, I just can't not think about it. It ruined that fucking movie for me, and now I'm scared that it's gonna happen again. I love and... that we get, like, no explanations for how this works. They even ask, like, Yo, where the fuck did you find this? Like, oh, they cut it off some, like, fortune teller and you're like that's probably not real and they just like that's it someone told them that and then sold them the hand that's all you know about it i don't need the lore i don't need to know how it works i don't care that's not important i don't want this to be three hours man someone that... gave them a fucking haunted hand that lets you talk to dead people and they're like all right all right cunt, let's go play with this the uh the lack of lore is not just like like it it's better for everything in this movie. Because, I mean, in a worse movie, this movie's 20 minutes longer and we get more of, you know, the main character with trauma's backstory. And you know what I don't want? All of that. I know exactly the right amount about her and her family and her relationship with her mother and what may or may not have happened then for me to just extrapolate the rest. I mean, And the, that's perfect. Yes. The opening, like, the very, very early scene, because you know going into it that from the trailers that her mom's passed so that scene very early on where they're driving and she sees that kangaroo on the road and she goes to put it out of its misery and she can't just drives off and leaves it you're like all right that's, i got it thank you that's yeah. all i need yep. thank you for saving me 20 minutes later in the movie and another big plus uh try and dance around this so we don't just spoil this but uh the scene i guess you'd call it a confrontation with her dad and she goes back in her room and her mom's quote-unquote mom spirit is talking to her and saying like no he's lying to you i'm sitting in the theater thinking like okay like i'm enjoying the movie so we'll see how this goes but this becoming mom's ghost helping her solve her murder is not interesting and then the immediate cut to him just like chilling on the couch you're like okay no thank you because yeah. <laughs> a yeah. worse movie takes this in a much stupider direction I... <laughs> I wasn't worried about that, but only because of the first time she tells her story about how her mom passed. And uh, oh, yeah. you know immediately. Yeah. And you can tell every character's, like, like there to me, there's no, there's not as much playing with what's real and what's not in this movie as there are in most other movies like this. Because you kind of know the facts. Oh, and yeah. the things that you don't know to be facts are things that you should infer are facts hey so. sometimes your mom just accidentally takes too many sleeping pills that's a thing that happens like you just accidentally do that and leave a note it's fine it's totally fine it happens all the time uh yeah good movie uh was was it a couple days later they announced a sequel which was immediately like oh great and then they said it was called talk to me and it's like i'm back on board <laughs> <laughs> you, you won me over immediately <laughs> 
yeah, fucking great movie. Um, absolute existential nightmare. Uh, did not sleep well afterwards. Great time. Uh, are you familiar with the guys that made this? No, I don't. I know they make YouTube stuff, and one of our friends in the group who does not like horror movies asked if we should go see it with him because he likes their YouTube channel. I had to tell him to his face, under no circumstances can you watch this movie. <laughs> you will have the worst time. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I know absolutely nothing about them or what content they make, but uh, I saw this at 11 p.m. on a Monday, and that theater was full of teenagers. So Hell yeah, dude. Uh, I, I guess whoever they are, it's somebody that, you know, not saying that we should know, but that probably is part of the reason that this movie has the legs that it seems to have. Because it seems like a lot of people are seeing this. I mean, it's a good fucking trailer. That gets you. That got it me is. in the seat immediately. <laughs> the fact that it was actually good was just a pleasant surprise. I, I mean, I saw an A24 horror movie. What's that say? I love that for you. You enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be saying I would have had the same experience with uh, any of the other ones. So. <laughs> it's, it's been a while, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Because I'm not watching X, and I'm definitely not watching Pearl, so. That's probably, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I know I'd hate it. There's, there's no reason for me to. It's like the yeah. stupid fucking pig movie with Nick Cage. Like, I'm going to be miserable if I watch that. There's just no fucking point. It is real slow. That's right. I did watch Pig, and then didn't talk about it because I had nothing to say about it. <laughs> it's like, hey, he got to act again. That's cool. Crit. Anyways. <laughs> Chris, Chris, cue up Abner. <laughs> that's going back here at some point <coughs> we're gonna need that next week buddy yeah. get on it uh, I will. um that is all that i watched so parker what else do you have for us all right i want to talk about the best thing i watched this week which is of course uh the video from montgomery alabama parker <laughs> 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 the fucking brakes <laughs> parker uh, this, that happened three months ago at the time i'll upload this can you please tell us what happened <laughs> Um, well, obviously I wasn't there. I couldn't hear what the lovely Caucasian gentlemen were saying, but uh, they seemed to really have an issue, which of course led to uh, the uh, African-American guard uh, throwing his hat in the air as if signaling it's fucking go time. <laughs> A swarm of white people uh, overpowering him, much like uh, Hulk Hogan getting beat down by a group of heels. And then... <laughs> Like out of the fucking portals from Infinity from Endgame, they beat the brakes off of these fucking idiots. The shot of the guy who was beat so bad that his Crocs were on his fucking shins. <laughs> Funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, this is gonna have the opposite effect, like how Jaws made two people or uh, people too scared to go in the ocean, or like Psycho made Smash Bros afraid to take showers. There's going to be swimming lessons across the country. That man diving out of that water and beating the piss out of those people. Inspiring. Dude, did you see go that, watch it again? Did you see that one white guy's face after he looked like a black and blue pumpkin? <laughs> I scoured the internet for the best nicknames I could find for this man. <laughs> I would like to share some with you. Please do. You please. Mind. Can you give me the nickname? Uh, let's see. We have uh, Swimmy Butler, uh, <laughs> Kofi Kingfish, uh, Michael B. Phelps I'm really happy with. Oh, that's, Michael that's, B. That's Phelps. Really good. That's really good. Uh, <laughs> that's that's no. fucking great. Uh, Wavy Jones, Swimbo Slice, 
uh, Kofi Kingfish, Gilmonger, and of course my favorite is a fish called Wakanda. It really brought the world together. <laughs> oh man, Gilmonger's really Gilmonger was so fucking really funny. fucking good. <laughs> Uh, See, so yeah, that's easily the best thing I watched this week, and I watched two. Well, I watched yeah. two entertaining movies. For <laughs> See, uh, speaking of nicknames for black people, I, uh, th- I, you heard about the Lizzo news? Everyone's talking about the Lizzo news. One of the play ones. the Trump play the twenty one guns. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need more guns? We Is might. Like yeah. seats? See, that's it. <laughs> 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 Where I'm gonna like double track it, you know. Boom. Hey Parker, the coffin from the Juggalo funeral, but the opposite. <laughs> That's for nobody. No, I know the one you're talking about, unfortunately. <laughs> so for <laughs> you gonna be all right? No. So... <laughs> Juggalo funeral so long, but it was like an old friend stopping by. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, for Lizzo, they were calling her R. Belly. Which, oh uh, my God! Is... If if... <laughs> <laughs> if I die, Parker's gonna use the hand to get me to come back and just say references to memes from 2009. That's what I would do. <laughs> uh, the only other one I talk got... to me. Hey, can you? I don't remember the lyrics to Wonton Soup. Can you help me? I'm gonna bind you. <laughs> Explain to them what getting cash in a hurry like DeMarco Murray means. Talk to me. I got one felony. I got two felonies. No, 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 no. Do the hand and ask him to do the juggernaut bitch again. Alex, Alex, Alex. We were going through their pockets for Zannies and um, fucking, uh, fucking, he knows, he knows, come on. <laughs> Quick, I'll leave 90 seconds. Do the body massage thing. <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> okay, so you remember that part in Foam Adventure when they go back to the dorm and there's that weird orbiter guy that's walking around? Yeah. I love a weird part. 81 seconds, hurry, get to it. <laughs> I actually bring a demon into this world because you talk about the foam adventure for too long and no one blows out the candle. Dude, I like the idea of, like, again, I haven't even seen this fucking movie, but you use some of this undead spirit, like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, here's the laptop, go. It just loads up the YouTube for the fucking uh, Stew Pickles trade. Sorry, Drew Pickles trade. <laughs> just like, he's the only one with access to get the fuck out of this house, Kakashka. <laughs> I told you we should have buried with him. Wait, no, he's going no. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I got on Lizzo is uh, I was listening to the Adam Freeland show, <laughs> and Nick was just like, "How do, how do we know her last name isn't Clump?" <laughs> <laughs> talk about two things briefly so yeah. we can talk about the Meg 2 for the appropriate hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so I watched Shin Kamen Rider. Uh, Kamen Ooh. Rider is a thing I'd never like I know about Power Rangers I know about Sentai because look at me never watched a second of Kamen Rider but uh, I checked this out because it's the guy who did uh, Chris's favorite anime the one I can't pronounce. Is it Evangelion? Evangelion? I don't fucking know. I'm never going <laughs> to watch it. Uh, one million Patriots show. follower. <laughs> And they did Shin Godzilla, 
And they did Shit Ultraman, which is another property I'm aware of but never watch. And now Shit Shin Kamen Rider. So I got, like, the spark notes from my friend who's like, it's another one of those shows, but they have bug masks. I'm like, sick, I'll hit play. Yeah. Uh, so the look on my face when it opens with him just one-shotting goons and blood spraying everywhere. Ooh. Uh, five stars and good stuff. <laughs> if you're into Japanese Power Rangers, like I know you freaks are, uh, Shin Kamen Rider ribs. The other thing I want to talk about is watching uh, Mission Impossible Fallout for the first time since the theaters. Yeah. That movie is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> now, I was listening to someone else talk about it because I can't form my own opinions. Um, if you listen to movie podcasts, you, you already listen to Blank Checks. So I don't have to explain that to you. But uh, they stated something that really, like, contextualized why this movie is so perfect. Because they were listening to an interview with Chris McQuarrie, and he said the same thing uh, after fallout they did it with rogue nation that like by the end he was just so fucking exhausted just never wanted to do this again so you can tell like he's putting everything into it we're not ending the movie like okay but like let's leave this set piece let's leave this on the table this dude is just throwing his whole everything into this movie because he thinks like all right this could be the last one i'm never coming back tom cruise is getting old so let's do a base jump 50 takes in a row to get this shot right then let's do that, and then let's go into the fucking nightclub and have this insane fight. We're not just, like, leaving room for, okay, but what will the future be for this franchise? No, we're just going to cram every set piece we can think of in here, do them over and over and over and over again until they look incredible and they look real. And that's why that movie's perfect. Uh, a million stars. But also exhausting, because <laughs> no, by the yeah. end... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, that was actually the same day we went to the theater. So we got home. We're starving. Ate an ungodly amount of food. And by the time we got to the helicopter chase, I was sideways on the couch under three blankets just fighting for my life. But goddamn, that movie's perfect. Like, think of how many movies we've watched this year where it's like, all right, well, that felt like half a movie. That was pretty good, I guess. Fast 10, again, just ends. You're like, oh. Well, alright, I guess. That's it. Fucking Transformers. <laughs> the biggest piece of shit. Nothing looks real. Nothing feels real. Nothing... You feel like you're just spending 90 minutes watching them go find a thing, and then they have to go find a second version of that thing, and then they put the things together, and there's a portal, and then they stop the bad guy. It's so refreshing to watch something like this. And I think that's why... Dead Reckoning, like, it's it's great, don't get me wrong, but just the fact that you know it's a part one and they tell you right to your face, like, no, there's more coming later, just it's not going to hit the same as Fallout, which correct honestly yeah. feels like it could have been the end of the series and no one would have been upset. Like, it feels like such a perfect ending, you could have stopped there. I would have been upset I'm because I just want more of this after seeing Fallout. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, dude, can I just watch it again? It's like the it only feels... reason I'm not mad that Dead Reckoning's two parts. It's like, yeah, sure, I'll watch another 50 of these. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Yeah. Any other franchise would be like, absolutely fuck yourself. I'm not seeing this in theaters. I'll watch them both when they come out next year. Yeah. Fallout's probably my favorite of the series. It's so good. Like, if that movie had come out and Tom Cruise is like, I'm if I try and do another one of these, I will literally die. That's the last one. Like, you couldn't be upset. It'd be like the perfect note to end on. But again, give me ten more. Uh, I think that's about it. The Ooh. only other thing I watched really is uh, the Defunct Land video about FastPass. Because, Skip, you know I'm passionate about uh, good YouTube essays. Yeah. 
there's nothing I love more than a good video essay where it's a subject I could not care less about, and for 90 minutes I cannot look away from the screen. It's like the same thing when I make my girlfriend watch secret base videos. Right, exactly. Like, That's like the number she one couldn't name five football players if you put a gun to her head, but you put on any of those, she's just fucking locked in the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Big shout to that. Yeah. I, had, my God, captivated by a a thing that doesn't exist at a park I've never been to. You fucking love to see it. Good job, everyone. All right, let's talk about China's best movie. Let's fucking get to it. <laughs> Thank God for China. Yes. All right. Send me my party membership card. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think our, our social credit is after this show? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't have asked that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, I, I always love when, like, you read something, uh, you know, from some just absolute dipshit, you know, annoying rich guy online who, like, goes to China and they won't give him a train pass because, like, he's just, you know, hasn't done, like, the proper stuff and he gets all huffy and puffy about the social credit score despite everyone knowing he's a dickhead. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they wouldn't sell us tickets to trains in China. You're right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Nor should yeah, they. Yeah, no, God, no. I don't anything. think we've heard Make that. these fucking people walk. Yeah. <laughs> I could use it. <laughs> Especially for these Buddha Rangers. <laughs> now that's our belly. <laughs> All right. Meg 2 has a fun game where you just watch the movie and go, Were you in the first one? Oh, well. Do I know this character? Well, okay. Should I know are this you character? talking about. Is this off screen? Are you talking about Jason Satham's daughter? Question mark? That was I'm his... talking about literally everyone that's not Jason Statham. Okay, that was his stepdaughter. I... <laughs> Alright, that was his stepdaughter. That's actually, I, I sure. looked it up, that is the same actress. Her name is Shuya Sophia Kai. That sounds like a password in a fighting game. And, uh, she... Uh, just received work. <laughs> <laughs> Play the jingle. <laughs> anyway, Shuya I... Sophia Kai is, uh, not only is that the same actress... She is as old as her character claims to be. She's like 15 years old, IRL. I didn't believe that. I thought she was like 27 when I was looking at her. <laughs> Not very was nice the other Chinese guy in the first movie? Was the black guy in the first movie? Uh, was the lady in the command center in the first movie? Hey, man, I don't fucking know. Jason Maybe. Statham was. That's, That's The shark I, was. I just want to make sure. It's so wild because <laughs> like, the whole selling point was like, hey, you want to see Jason Statham fight a shark? He's like the worst choice for this movie. <laughs> he, really he has zero charisma. Like, literally anyone else would be a better fit for this. Well, uh, uh, Jason Statham fighting a shark. Like, it's not 2006. It's not as cool as it used to be. Well, Parker, I, that is. I that. actually disagree. I I think that when you think about what this movie is and who it's trying to appeal to, I think he's like perfect for this. <laughs> like, like he just seems like. He has the energy of, like, a dad that has to fix everything that is frustrated, but always is going to do it anyway because he's the dad. And I think that's the perfect energy for this fucking role because this isn't a real character. Like, it's just he's just a guy that fixes things. See, my thing is that I don't really feel comfortable watching a Jason Statham movie unless he's driving a car at some point. And the most he does is, what, drive a sub for, like, 30 seconds? Oh, by the way, just I a just sidebar feel- here. This is important. I looked it up. The The Asian guy is not in the Meg 1, but he is in both Lake Change and movies. So you'll be part of our Yes, future. I knew I knew him from somewhere. Yeah. God damn it. I'm not going to be able to escape this. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason that I have to disagree with that point is because that crosses off Ghost of Mars, and I'm not comfortable with that. Oh, I'm very comfortable. That's fair. 
See, I, I was even thinking, like, am I out on Jason Statham? But I realized, like, the only things I've seen him in are, like, this and the last couple Fast and Furious movies. Like, well, the you crank know what? I'm going to watch Wrath of Man this weekend. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, Crank, but that yeah. was, like, 2006. Okay, it's it's been a while. Yeah. We did an episode on one or both of those. I don't remember. We sure did. Yeah. We, I feel do like we want to just talk I'm about... I'm really the... down on him. He used to be one of my favorites, but, like, all I've seen him in is... Shit does not utilize him well at all. Yeah. Anytime he shows up in one of the Fast movies, I'm like, all right, man, this would have been a lot cooler if he wasn't, like, a 13th build in this yeah. movie. I don't Alex, really care do you, anymore. do you just like uh, Jason Statham because you can cosplay him by going, oh, I don't know. I mean, you know I love doing my Jason Statham accent, yeah. so, uh... Look, it's on me for not watching more Guy Ritchie movies. That's a personal failing, and I will correct it's this. It's a personal success, actually. <laughs> uh, correct. So, we can talk about the 2003 SCGI in this movie. I mean, this looked like That's fucking... This looked like a Jurassic three and a half with uh, those little fucking creatures. What are what were those things called? I'm just going to call them creatures. Those little dinosaurs. Yeah. If, if like the dinosaurs, CGI was yeah. good, I would have dropped a star from it. That's yeah, not what that's I'm here that's for. very yeah. very much true. The other Alex asked like, "Oh, is the Meg too good?" And I was like, "There is a giant octopus in there." She's like, "That tells me nothing." And I mean, she doesn't understand the language of film because that tells me it's everything. <laughs> it's the only thing to tell me. I feel like. If this movie took itself a little more seriously, the CGI would have been jarring. Because, like, as you guys said, it's not it's not good. No. But this is a movie where somebody, what, 25,000 feet under the sea swims between doors by holding his breath. So, uh... Hell yeah, dude. I, 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 I'm fine with it. Like, I just... It, <laughs> there are a lot of things in this movie that a normal person with a normal brain would look at and go, Well, that's fucking stupid. And for literally all of them, I will actually, it's good. Because I enjoyed all of it as a total package so fucking much. It's, it really is, I mean, not that I'm jumping ahead too much by saying this, but when they have to follow the sharks down into the trench, you know, at like minute 10 of this movie, because it's that kind of movie, <laughs> and a really big shark swims by and somebody goes, oh, that must be the apex predator. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm watching the core. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, we have acted like the apex predator is the title of King of the Sharks. Like, I'm. This is perfect. This is exactly the level of stupidity that I want, and it's not hiding it from me. When the cold open is just like, all right, millions of years ago, and then a shark eats a dinosaur. I'm like, hey guys, this might be a pretty good movie. <laughs> I mean, they get into immediately like, opened up my coke and started dumping the shooters. I stuck it into it like, all right, let's get comfy. I mean, they they fucking they get into Power Ranger suits to go underwater, like right Dude, off the bat. I was nearly doing the Cape Fear laugh when I just cut the <laughs> wow. So modern day, uh, here we are in our Iron Man suit to go underwater. I'm like, if he uses that to fight a shark, I'm gonna piss my pants. <laughs> Close enough, honestly. By the way, you were talking about uh, that that lady from HQ earlier. I was like, oh, was she in the first movie? I don't know, but I think she was in Team Fortress too because she sounds like the announcer lady. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I don't even remember she has a British accent in this movie, but like, probably. Hey, did you did you get the twist that she was going to be the bad guy? Did you get it every time anyone else talks about it? <laughs> wow, we've been sabotaging. She did a close up of her face staring at. <laughs> Yeah, you could practically hear like an organ go. Da -da -da -da, da -da -da -da. <laughs> they did a fucking split diopter shot of her staring into the camera. They're like, "Wow, someone erased all the footage." <laughs> should have given her a mustache to twiddle. Yeah, more girls should have fake mustaches, like especially if they're bad guys. Just be like, Doo -doo -doo -doo. Well, uh, I uh, 
Can we just talk about the black guy? Can we just like get into it? Because that guy is Tyreasing throughout the movie, and uh, I like him more than Tyrese. He's so uh, much yes. better than Tyrese because yeah. he gets this, to do the John Woo gun. I this guy, first of all, China's idea of a black man is is, uh, is just a combination moral, of Tyrese and Chris Tucker. Apparently, yeah. it's borderline racist. But you know what? I want some. You say borderline racist? They were so close from fried chicken and watermelon, dude. They. I, they they must have gotten some notes. He was a co They probably like, like, like they probably so slid out a tray in front of him, and he was like, "Oh hell no!" Nah. And they just like brought it back because he's the same Is one. They're like, good. Do he, you guys like this? He he brought back <laughs> at one point. He like picked up a rotary phone and said, "Oh hell yeah, go old school." And I was like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so fucking cool." I I love everything about this character, not the least of which is the fact that. He's not really in the movie until the second act, and right. then he's just telling every joke for the rest of the movie. Right. It's just like, surprise, bitch, here's this guy. We're gonna let him cook. It feels like they filmed the movie in order, and he, like, showed up a week late. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so sorry. Because he's just, like, the second character for the rest of the movie yeah. after they get back on land. Yeah, I like him more than the other characters, too. Like, with the exception of Jason Statham, whatever they, yeah, whatever they cut to another character, I'm like, oh. Like they go to, so and I just I, was that M Night Shyamalan. First of all, <laughs> ha ha ha! Let's make fun of Chris. Yeah, it was actually. You guys are fucking stupid for not thinking that was M Night. I am going to Alex. You work in a casino. You should know this term. I'm going to double down. Okay, that was absolutely M Night Shyamalan. Uh, who am I to argue? Right. Exactly. Hit me. So that was. <laughs> He's all I know is like by like it was like the hour forty five minute mark. It looked like, oh fuck, they're all gonna live, huh? That's, that's yeah, that people. was yeah. I was very okay with it once you know, as some certain things happened later on. Yeah, they killed a bunch of them early. That was nice. Oh enough, yeah. But, uh, by the way, one of my favorite parts about this is they go to Fun Island. And oh my god, I can't wait to talk about Fun yeah, Island. Yeah, let's dude. let's just talk about Fun Island, dude. Because like the first <laughs> act of this movie is five minutes, and the second act is like we're in the trench in it, and then they go to Fun Island, and suddenly there's color on screen. And I'm like, oh, here we fucking go. Look, I just just I would like to say about the trench, uh, something that will always get me on a movie side is people walking around the bottom of the ocean and underwater bases, like. Literally doesn't matter what the movie's about. Oh, yeah. I will watch it if it's got that secret stuff. underwater base being attacked by sharks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You already know why I was there. Mm-hmm. That was... Oh, my God. Secret sharks. They're, they're, like, on Fun Island. This That's, like, my favorite thing is the shark is, like, as big as a skyscraper, right? And they got this one guy. He's, like, proposing to his girlfriend on a boat. And then he drops the ring, and she says, find it, Baka Gaijin. And uh, he goes down <laughs> to, like, pick it up. And he looks up, and she's gone all of a sudden. Like, the shark was able to, like, eat her silently. That shark doesn't do fucking anything silently in this movie. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm fine with it. Oh, I'm no, fine. I'm not complaining. I'm it was, uh, I liked it. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine with everything with the perverted old American guy hitting on the nice oh, Chinese ladies before fucking, he gets eaten by sharks. That guy who, that, Parker and I looked at him and like a silent nod across thousands of miles at each other. Be like, yep, that's the goal. That's him right there. <laughs> you, know, you know, if the good Lord sees fit, I make it that old. Uh, <laughs> if I keep like, my grades up time? and do my push-ups as Coach says, I'm a... I already, I already have that shirt. Yeah, I can pull exactly. this off now. What we, Wait a second. Let me just unbutton we, this here. <laughs> I have the power within we, me. <laughs> Sorry. 
when we first get the fucking Fun Island title card. Yes. And they start playing the fucking Ting Ting song, but the Chinese version. <laughs> I was like, I'm in heaven right now. The rest of this movie could be a fucking tourism ad, and I'm just locked in. I don't care. Like, hook me up with more of this. <laughs> So fucking stupid. They knew it was good because they played it again in the credits. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm just thinking about being that guy with the popped open Hawaiian shirt and just walking up to these Chinese girls and just saying, like, ah, konnichiwa. Got a good future just, just, me, guys. Just, yeah. just, just popping like a leg up on there, just being like, uh, young ha yo. <laughs> Parker suspiciously silent for the rest of the episode as he finally sets up his 401k because he has a reason to. <laughs> good news, guys. We're making it to 65 after all. <laughs> I have plans. They're going to pay off. <laughs> Babe, we're going on vacation. Where at? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys by the way i i had nothing to do with oppenheimer was not my idea <laughs> uh uh-huh, this is my friend violence jack <laughs> i like the idea of a shark coming up there it's like all right time for violence spark and you just run away into the forest <laughs> Violence, Jack. I'm ready for that. Just uh, walk. You just hear me every time you're at a restaurant. You just hear me loudly through tables over. Do you guys have any forks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna run Fucking guy. Opening up a fortune cookie. What is this? Another bill? <laughs> <laughs> to all our oh, friends in China, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> The social credit rating has to bounce back up, right? It's true. It's it's it literally goes all the way around the circle. Exactly, it's the most pious people. That's in why they call it the horseshoe theory, or as they call it over there, the horseshoe theory. <laughs> like, I'm not jumping on this one. Yeah, even that was open zone. I'm just sitting there like he's going to say mooshu theory. He's going to say mooshu theory. <laughs> No, Mushu was a cam-sized dragon. All right, so... <laughs> Excuse me. I'm here. I'm trying to bring oh fire on you. Cam, look out. There's a shark. Make yourself small so it can't see you. <laughs> All right, who's going to lead Mulan into battle? Not so fast, Cam. Uh, can we, can we talk about the fact... A girl worth fighting for <laughs> 20-year-old Chinese influence. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Can we talk about the part where they just redo the scene from Deep Blue Sea? Oh, yeah. Which, by Rich the way, Parker. kind of pissed off they didn't play that song. By the way, I got a trivia song about that at uh, a They They were like, okay, the audio question is three songs that are all about sharks. I'm like, oh, here we fucking go. And one of them, no one in the fucking like, restaurant knew except for me that that was uh, LL Cool J. Felt very good. He'd probably sell you the rights to that song for a ham sandwich right now, dude. Yeah, we should get him on the show. And not pay. <laughs> Just audibly licking his lips while Chris loses his fucking mind knowing he's gonna have to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. J, what did you watch this week? <laughs> hey, L O Cool J, who's your jerk of the week? <laughs> Can I call it? What do I call you, Mr. J? I don't feel comfortable saying that. LL, left or right? <laughs> Take your choice. 
Make an LL Cool J go into a pyramid. Dude, that's a movie. <laughs> Get John Carpenter on the phone. Direct oh, from his God. chair. No, you wouldn't. He'll do this one. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I'll do an AI movie. What the fuck? FIFA Ultimate Team packs or something. I don't know. Actually, maybe I'm tempting him with like, "Hey, I have a botted uh, 2K <laughs> Ultimate Team account, but <laughs> you have to direct LL Cool J exploring a pyramid." So was uh, M Night Shyamalan evil in this movie? For a while, I thought he was. Like it seemed I like he was, was almost just... ready to leap behind the Lake Changjin guy. The helicopter. I mean, yeah, I think he very much didn't want to die. Yeah. Much like everyone in this movie yeah. except for Jason Statham. It was also, like, one of the fucking, uh, obvious things where it's like, oh, this is clearly a Chinese guy production because, like, they, they, that Chinese guy's just, like, a little too good at everything. They're just like, oh, yeah. Oh, he he's owns. Yeah. I wish he were my dad. Yeah, he's, he's just, like, he has basically no flaws. Like, they yes, I'm like, hey, why don't you distract him when I fly the airplane? I've, I've flown, like, a helicopter before, you know? I've got all this experience of training. He's like, uh, too bad you're doing it. And they just make him do it. I'm like, oh, that's Chinese always having to pick up after the other minorities in the world. I'm like, okay, all right. It's so cool <laughs> that, you know, this movie that has just, you know, been built on movies that are made based on, like, facsimiles of American culture. Like, in any American movie, the billionaire that owns the Shark Institute is evil. But in this movie, there's just, like, never any doubt he's a good guy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the other thing is that, like, China sees um, Jason Statham as an American, and that's one of the few British people we would like to be seeing as. <laughs> you know, we're totally yeah, like, like that's that cool. Every time. Yeah, exactly. He now, has all his teeth. Exactly. Yeah, if this was Prince Harry, then we'd be throwing fists. But, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Better movie, though. <laughs> I'm just. The one thing I think about. Because, obviously, is like, if you think about literally. Yes. <laughs> if you think about literally anything in this movie, it doesn't make sense, and that's fine. But it's very funny to me that Jason Statham is, like, an eco-terrorist, but the cool kind, who just, like, goes on secret missions and be like, ah, oh, you're dumping chemicals, and just beats the shit out of people and gets arrested. <laughs> However, when faced with, like, a near-extinct fucking group of sharks, he's like, I'm going to throw this exploding javelin in its fucking mouth and murder them and wipe them off the planet. <laughs> This man will, is literally, like, dropping himself onto boats where he could get gunned down to save the oceans. But he's like, no, these extinct sharks? No, fuck this. I'm going to shoot her between its stupid fucking eyes. It's dead immediately. Uh, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, that. first of all, if you are not, like, instinctually inclined to do that, then give me your American flag that I know you have. Because, like, that's... <laughs> Part of our deal. I, I got a flag already. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> wow, where are the rest of the stars? <laughs> well, <laughs> the war of northern aggression. By the way, that reminds me. I, just, I, was taught it. I, I didn't write a note of this, but I probably should have. Is uh, with the Chinese guy at the very end of the movie? Didn't he use like a secret mind device to tell the sharks to go away? Yes, <laughs> that was one of my favorite that scenes of the whole movie. It's like they can hear our thoughts. Flipper, go save the president. Man. You know, like, Parker, you bring up a good point about everything in this movie, and I do mean literally everything being stupid if you think about it for half a second. So I just want to say that, like, I really appreciate that this movie never, even once, dares you to think about it. Oh, God. So oh, many, no. I, I mean, there's not a quip in this movie, because there's nothing self-referential about this movie other than mentioning that the first movie exists, which it's a sequel. It probably should, because it happened in this world. But 
Case in point. So the <laughs> the black guy after the first movie now has like done all this training and also has a bug out bag. And when the eco-terrorists are coming after him and M. Night, he's just, like, pulling stuff out of his bug-out bag. He's like, here, take this hairspray and this taser, and we'll fight them off. And then five minutes later, he just pulls a deagle out of his bag. And, uh, any American movie, literally any, would have some character go, Oh, well, that would have been useful five minutes ago. And this movie does it. And it made me so fucking happy. Because at this point, you're just expecting that kind of fucking dialogue in these movies. And to not get it, I was just like, that was the moment when I was like, oh, I actually love this. Like, unironically love this. Uh, where was this information ten minutes ago? Like, shoot him in the fucking head. Correct. No. It's, it's... He just has a gun and then does a dive off the rocks to shoot a dinosaur <laughs> in the head. <laughs> Look, People I what knew they there want. would be sharks. I did not uh, realize that those little dinosaur critters, not only would they come back, but the giant octopus, you guys. I, I was so I happy. Because there was that shot like after the breach of like the giant tentacles, and I'm like, hang on a second. What, what are we cooking <laughs> here? Is that going to come back? Not realizing that the finale of this movie was going to be <laughs> the, the Megs. By the way, take a drink every time Jason Statham says Meg. See you in hell, boys. <laughs> Fighting a gigantic octopus. I was... I could not put into words how happy I was. Oh, yeah. And also the dinosaur thing is like, that's a genius bit. Because, like, the whole thing is like, I'll just get out of the water. Can't. Sorry. <laughs> little goblins running around. You have to get to the ocean. What's in the ocean? Megs. <laughs> Good. A plus. Five stars. That's how you write a movie, folks. Yeah. Multiple Megs. Who is that one character who jacked off in Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really cool that the the uh you know the 25 minute climax of this movie is just like six different let's call them factions all converging to have one enormous fucking battle and there's different parts taking place in different areas and shit because you got you know your sharks and your dinosaurs and you got your giant octopus and then you know we got our heroes over here and then we have the actual most racist character in this movie the the uh eco-terrorist that comes back and every time that he says anything in spanish it's either puta or cojones like it's <laughs> so fucking funny why is if that bad those are the, the only two words i know in spanish <laughs> <laughs> it's probably fucking Chinese kids learning those words for the first time. Like, introduction to Spanish. But, uh, goddamn. That character, who I did not realize was on that fucking boat at the beginning, that's for goddamn sure. Oh, no. nope. <laughs> it's, you want to talk about a completely unnecessary character and plotline. Like, dear God, why is this strange Mexican man still hunting us down? <laughs> You know the worst like part is this had four waves of people after them. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is yeah, there is constant terrorists just popping up out of the water. There are more terrorists than Megs. Here's the they thing: they keep sending strike teams. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, because you have to silence them. You have to silence the knowledge of giant sharks. Otherwise, the secret will get out, and we'll find out this corporation's doing bad things to the environment. Can't let that secret get out. They may get a fine. So. Oh, what's that? That one little rock is worth $10 billion? I think they'll be okay. <laughs> it's fine. So I told you guys, uh, back when we did the first episode, that I read uh, the book first, and uh, Parker was confused that there was a book. 
And that's which, for most cases, yeah, though. Also, yeah, true. There's a book of Wizard of Oz. What the hell? Now, here's the thing. There were lots of Meg books, uh, and I didn't actually read the second one because uh, it can only take so much Steve Alton. But apparently the director of this movie, who I looked up his previous works, and there's nothing I've seen on there. Apparently there is chatter about getting a third Meg movie, and they want to continue the book storyline. So, Parker, the local library. It's a place to That's, avoid. You know, I haven't read a book in 20 years, but uh, Meg 3. <laughs> That's a good place to get back into it. <laughs> I'm all caught up, so I'll just start there. Yeah. I've seen like three of this director's movies, and the fact that this is what he made is fucking wild. Put it that way. <laughs> yes. It's insane. It does seem that like, if you go look at his filmography, you'd be like, I can see why the Chinese government chose this guy. <laughs> I like that movie Kill List a whole lot. And this movie is not a quiet, dour <laughs> movie. This is one of the loudest, dumbest things I've ever seen. Yeah. But also, uh, those movies don't pay well. Go get that money, man. You do what you gotta do. I want to shout out Brian Lloyd, the content director of the Alamo Draft House, when I got in there six drinks deep at the bar. And he was like, oh, what are you going to go see? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Talk to me. And I'm like, the Meg 2. And uh, the look <laughs> on his face... <laughs> <laughs> it was like regret that he had to even program also uh shout out to my one server who had to stay like two hours late because i was the only one watching that movie what a kid you should have just written your whole ass order like bring me a pretzel and this salad and two beers i told her i i told her like hey you could just dip out early and she's like uh unfortunately now uh teenage mutant ninja turtles is two people singing it gets at 1105 so I told one lady straight like, bring me a pretzel, two beers, and the check. It's fine. You don't have to come back. I know what I'm doing. You know, actually, you know, on the subject of the Alamo, I did have an interesting conversation with those guys. Uh, Parker, this is what is often called in pro wrestling a shoot interview. This is where they were telling oh, the truth. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, some interesting behind-the-scenes stuff. I Have you guys ever – you guys have both been to the Alamo. Have you guys ever actually raised an order card to get someone to shut up? Because I've done it – I've been to the Alamo like a hundred times. I've done it once. Apparently, one of the guys who works there says it happens almost every day that he has to get some rowdy teenager kicked out. I've never had that experience. No, I've never seen it. Yeah, I, I, and I've seen plenty of Marvel yeah, movies. He also there, said too. it's like his favorite part of the job is getting people, you know, to leave. Uh, he's big and intimidating, and uh, you know, these people they work really hard. And uh, apparently, Alex, you're not the only one who has troubles with the DC one. The service is pretty bad there. But here's the thing. I'm I'm not going to give them all the pity in the world because I happened to peek a glance at, like, their lounge area. They have chairs. I didn't have any fucking chairs at uh, the Regal in Rockville. You guys get to sit that down. That building's chairs. Well, okay, yeah. But, like, I mean, actually, like, where they, the employee lounge. We don't even think we had an employee lounge. Not as such. Man, if, if we were working, we were working. Not very hard. And not very well. But <laughs> they have these really nice, soft chairs. Recliners take a load off. But they deserve it. They actually, they do good work. So, love me Alamo, love me Meg. You know who else does good work? No one in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Four Horsemen. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, that's the next week's episode. Uh, join us for next week's episode, Beverly Hills Ninja. I mean, uh, now you see me too. Gilmonger. <laughs> Gilmonger. <laughs> that's the that all right, that's a cold close right there. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, <laughs>
that's the tea, sis. 